Hello, is this thing on? Of course it is. They can definitely hear us. Yeah, we're in our fourth season. There's no silencing us now. Welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discussion on health and healthcare. My name is Amy Archibald Burley. And I'm Sarah Fung, and we are your podcast hosts. Please make sure that you subscribe to our new YouTube channel where you can watch our podcast in video format. Please hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any other podcast platform, leave us a rating and review. Hi, everyone. Welcome so much to the Greeners podcast, an unfiltered discussion related to health and healthcare. My name is Amy. And my name is Sarah. And we are your hosts for today. So today we have such an enlightening episode and actually something we've never talked about before, which is kind of weird over the last three years that we've never mentioned this, but we're going to talk about nurse influencers. So before I say anything, and Sarah, please take it away. I am so excited with our guest today. Um, I have known her for a while, so I would love to introduce Amanda Guarneri. She's an Ivy League educated nurse practitioner, keynote speaker, and career mentor who helps nursing professionals find and land their dream jobs. She founded the Resume RX in 2018 and since then has grown the community to over 40,000 nursing students and professionals worldwide. The Resume RX was born out of the desire to see a world where medical professionals feel empowered balanced, personally, and professionally fulfilled. Amanda has been featured in Scrubs Magazine, Nurse.org, Indeed Career Guide, KevinMD.com, and Nurse Grid. She's also a podcast host. She hosts the Nurse Becoming podcast, and uh, in her downtime, Amanda is a true crime junkie, likes trail running or curling up with a good book, and enjoys soaking up the pleasures of family life with her husband and three girls. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to chat with you. I'm so excited because I feel like we have a lot in common. We're all nurses, we're working parents, uh, entrepreneurs, and podcasters. So I'm um, just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your uh, yourself and your nursing background. Sure. So I've been an NP now for 12 years. Actually, my commencement, it just came up in my like Facebook memories the other day. 12 years ago, yesterday was my my NP commencement. And um, I was a non-traditional student in the sense that I had a bachelor's degree in another field. And then I went into an accelerated master's entry program and graduated with dual certifications in adult and women's health. And I practiced for probably six or seven years, just clinical practice, full-time, very kind of traditional roles. And after becoming a parent in 2016, after having my twins, that's when I had a little bit of a questioning or kind of enlightenment, if you will, about, okay, what what else can I do with my skill set? How else can I be of service to others, but in a way that allows me to be home more with my family? So that... <clears throat> So that is when I started the Resume RX, originally on the side, and eventually over time, it it became my primary focus, particularly during 2020 when I took a step back clinically, and it has been a really wild ride. Uh, It's definitely evolved and ebbed and flowed, and currently I'm kind of back into clinical practice and working a little bit less on the business because of how I've 
structured it. All of that's been pretty intentional, uh, but it's been really wonderful to have all these diverse experiences in healthcare, you know, at the bedside in traditional roles, uh, as an entrepreneur, as a service provider for other nursing professionals. So uh, I feel like I've I've had some great experiences and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about them. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. And I kind of was wondering, like, how long were you an NP for? Yeah, so, yep. So I've been an NP for 12 years and it was really um, after about that six or seven year mark that I ended my full-time clinical career. And uh, 2020 to the end of 2022 was a complete clinical hiatus for me. So I kind of kept up to date with um, classes and continuing ed, and then re-entered clinical practice part-time at the end of, or really the fall of 2022. Fine. Let's talk a little bit about that hiatus. And also, I think we both know that there was like a shift in your career. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that shift and what kind of brought about that change and why did you decide to change? Sure. So in August of 2019, I had my third baby and we had moved to a new state and I decided to just take an extended maternity leave really um, in the sense that I wasn't looking for a job anytime soon. The Resume RX was providing me you know, um, a decent income. I really didn't have any urgency to return to clinical practice. And by the time I decided that I was ready when uh, my little one was about three months old, I found a job, a per diem role working in emergency medicine, which was my clinical background. So the plan was to go back per diem, work one day a week, focus on the resume RX the rest of the time. And by the time my credentialing um, went through and I was kind of approved for my start date, the date was the first week of April in 2020. And uh, this was right outside of New York City. And if you remember what was going on at the beginning of April 2020 in New York City, that was really the height of the COVID surge there. And in the meantime, I had lost all of my childcare uh, and I didn't really have a way to be able to commit to this job while also keeping myself and my family family safe, especially having an infant at home. So it ended up being something that wasn't entirely a choice. It kind of felt like it was a decision that was made for me based on my circumstances. And I, I really struggled with it. I really struggled with saying, you know, I can't work this job right now because I need to prioritize myself and my family when all my colleagues were essentially fighting this big fight that I decided not to help with. Like that was a really um, difficult identity struggle for me. The The irony of it was that for several months, if not a year or more, I had been wanting to step back clinically and focus on the Resume RX full-time because I had such confidence that if it was my primary focus, I could really um, grow it to great scale and have a lot of impact. Um, I just, I didn't have the guts to make the decision and listen to what I knew was true. Um, so ultimately that decision ended up being made for me because of the circumstances. Um, and everything turned out to be true. I made it my primary focus and that's when a lot of my growth happened. And, um, you know, I, looking back on it, you know, I maybe wish that I had more trust in myself and in what I knew I could do and kind of less shame around feeling like I was less of a healthcare provider for 
not working in a New York City ER in April of 2020. Um, so it was an interesting identity struggle and an interesting set of circumstances, uh, but ultimately is kind of part of my story on on both sides, part of my clinical story, part of my business story. Um, so yeah, it was it was a wild ride. That's so inspiring. And I think just listening to your story, there are so many similarities between um, what we went through and what you went through during the pandemic. Like we started this podcast shortly before the pandemic. We didn't know what we were doing. I don't know if I trusted myself. We just felt like we had a lot we wanted to share and nobody was listening. So we just created our own platform. Um, and I think a lot of nurses look to people like you and us um, and they want to do what we're doing, but they're afraid or they um, don't feel comfortable on social media they don't feel comfortable putting themselves out there um, but you've obviously done a really great job and you have a lot of followers so I'm just wondering with your identity now do you see yourself as a nurse influencer uh, why or why not I love this question uh, the nurse influencer has been a title that's kind of been given to me uh, because of my influence right because of my the size of my community the size of my following um, but it's not something I entirely identify with because I, you know, very intentionally built a business and I view, you know, my work as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I view myself as owning a company as opposed to owning a following, if if that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, with with a great following comes that responsibility that I'm looked up to for my opinion and for my influence. And so what has come from that has been the opportunity to be paid for my sponsorships or to provide advertisements, that type of thing. So I'm kind of on, on both sides at this point because, yes, I own my own company. I have products and services that are for sale. Um, you know, there's an exchange with the client on that on that end. But at the same point, you know, I'm also retained by certain brands uh, for different campaigns to provide my my influence and to advertise their products and services, um, and I get paid for doing that too. So um, that's kind of it's an interesting hat to wear. There was never a decision of, oh, I just want to go and collect a large following so then I can be uh, an influencer, but you know, kind of by a, a byproduct of of the growth and the fact that my company is very much a personal brand, right? I I made the decision not to grow a company that's faceless, but rather a company that has my face and my opinion and my kind of essence at the core of it. Uh, and I think that's probably the difference and and why my company has also turned into kind of a nurse influencer brand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's such an amazing story. And I think that the way that you perceive it and the way that you perceive it, it's actually probably similar to the way that Sarah and I, I, I kind of perceive influencing too. Because I think that, you know, there are so many people that are considered influencers, but it's really about whatever the brand is. So like your brand is um, your resume RX and, you know, bringing communities together through empowering, you know, folks to get to find their dream jobs. And, you know, our, our call to action was having people speak about, you know, issues related to nursing. And it's really, like you said, building that community. And I think that's, that's probably what sets you apart from other influencers. Or maybe I should actually ask you this question because we're on the subject of influencing. And you said, you kind of feel like this has more been gifted to you. Um, 
when you think about other influencers, would you say that you're are along the same lines or would you see yourself more as kind of a nursing advocate or 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 just how do you even manage the the idea of being called a nursing influencer? Yeah, I think that I I think that influencer, I don't know, because of the times can depending on who you ask can have a little bit of a negative connotation. Um, you know, there can kind of be this perception that you're you're paid just to advertise things whether you like them or not. Um, and there are certainly some influencers who that's that's what they're about, right? There's a price tag for for anything, for any type of advertisement. That's not how I see this responsibility. You know, if if a brand asks me to do any sort of paid campaign, it has to be something that I actually like and that I actually use. And I will tell you that the majority, if not all, of the campaigns and brand sponsorships that I've done have been with companies that I've actually loved and used before I was even in this business um, or or even had this, this, um, this opportunity. So I think that's how I see there being a little bit of a difference. And I, I much rather be known for being a thought leader uh, as opposed to kind of having that title influencer. And maybe we're talking about semantics, but, um, you know, I especially kind of the perception within the industry as a whole, within our community of healthcare professionals, you know, I want to be equally revered for my my thoughts and my ideas and my strategies regarding professional topics and job searching, um, as opposed to kind of just being known for being paid to promote other people's ideas and products. So that's kind of the the difference that I see. That being said, I have some great relationships with with nurse influencers. I have a lot of respect for other nurse influencers. And, you know, in full transparency, as part of my business with the Resume RX, I pay nurse influencers. You know, I have affiliates of my programs who have most of the time used my template bundle, for example, who I offer them a commission um, and a coupon code to, to promote to their audience so that they can share um, and also, you know, be paid for their their time and expertise. So it's kind of like I see all sides of um, of this kind of weird industry that is influencing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just it's it it is very still similar to advocacy, and I and I like the piece where you said you know you really want to be known for your thought leadership. That it's not just you know um, it's not just that you're you're pushing anything that there are certain things that you really truly find value to. And then also it's about some of the things that you say that you want people to listen to. It's very similar to kind of our MO as well in terms of the work that we do. It's just, it's, I I do find the whole, the whole idea behind influencing very, very interesting. Cause I guess when I think about influencers and and not specifically nurse influencers, like the, the big names and as celebrities come up. So you hear, you think about like the Kardashians, you think about all these other folks, but I feel like nurses, have a have a very special place particularly because we hold so much trust of the public that you know it's really that we're almost more scrutinized than these other folks where I don't think that's actually necessarily fair so yeah and I think that there's this perceptions that nurse influence has have to look or act a certain way that there's not much diversity when you think about nurse influencers so I think part of the reason that I'm comfortable just kind of putting myself out there is I want people to see someone that looks like them or you know doesn't have to fit a certain mold 
Um, I don't know if I would consider us influencers. I would like also to be viewed as a thought leader, but I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. You can be a bit of both and that's okay as long as it works for you and you're happy with it. Um, I just never wanted, like when we started the podcast, we thought we wanted people to hear what our thoughts were. And so that's why initially we did an audio only one because we didn't want the focus to be on what we look like. You know, I don't think that's super important, but I also know that for people to really connect with us, sometimes it's nice to see a face. Um, so that's kind of why we do video as well. Um, but I'm really, you know, inspired by what you do. And I'm just wondering, were there any sort of people that you looked up to or looked to for guidance when you first started out? Yeah. So, so Katie Duke, who I would say is, you know, one of our big name nurse influencers, right? Um, kind of a funny story about how we met and connected. I had just started the business and I was working on kind of my first digital campaign in um, launching my email list, right? I had my my first kind of thing that I was going to give away for free in exchange for emails. And, and eventually I was going to announce the templates, the resume templates that I had for sale. And Katie had found me when I had like no following and had reached out to me uh, and asked if I would write her resume for her. And, you know, she was prepared to pay me. And this was back when I was offering that as a service. And I had the idea to say, hey, rather than paying me, can we do an exchange, right? Can you give me some promotion in exchange for this service? Because I knew that, you know, I had no budget to to pay someone like her to talk about my services. But if I could get some sort of um, boost in my following because she talked about me, then that would be really wonderful. So um, so that's what we worked out. So I wrote her, I revised her resume for her. Um, she did a little video um, campaign for me and, and we worked together on this small project and we we stayed in touch and we developed a friendship. We met in person multiple times um, and we've mentored each other, believe it or not. She really surprised me when at some point she said she looked to me as a business mentor for her when, you know, it was really the, the other way around. Um, so she's definitely been kind of a constant person in my life in this similar industry who I've looked to for guidance and um, and we've really... I guess, been peer mentors to one another on the entrepreneurship side of things. And um, I've definitely gone to her with questions about, you know, brand campaigns and sponsorship sponsorships because she has so much more experience on, on that aspect of influencing. And on the flip side, she's looked to me for uh, guidance on growing her own personal brand and offerings through her company. So that's been a really wonderful um, relationship that that I, I would say that I've, I've looked to her a lot. Uh, and then my other kind of biz bestie is Liz from Real World NP. She has a platform with online courses. She has a YouTube channel with wonderful, wonderful clinical education. And uh, we have such an overlapping audience. We really serve the same group of people, but really on different topics and we started our businesses around the same time. So she's been another, I'd say, peer mentor of mine where we would just kind of chat on Voxer nearly every week and uh, help each other through because, you know, one thing about 
entrepreneurship and and maybe you both can relate is first of all, there's no real handbook or playbook on how to do things. Uh, And second of all, it can be kind of isolating unless you're intentional about surrounding yourself with other people who are doing the same thing, especially other people in the nursing industry. You know, I feel like online entrepreneurship is isolating in and of itself and even more so when we're in such a niche industry. So um, those are definitely two people who have been kind of key, key players in my support system throughout the years. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's such a powerful and important story for even all of our listeners to kind of take back in terms of their own personal lives. Because I think that is that is kind of the community that we've been talking about that we need to see within nursing too, just because um, I think there's there's a little bit of a history in terms of how, how nurses on the unit might act to each other, not all the time, but seeing that camaraderie where, you know, you, you found people within your community that will help support you, build you up, lift you up, and that you'll do the same for them. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think when you're doing stuff online, right, you have to be, you need to find your community. Like you said, it can be isolating when you're working somewhere in person, you kind of have like built in coworkers, people are always around, but you need to be more intentional about it when you are on your own. And I think it's great hearing that you and Katie kind of look up to each other, like you're supporting each other, you're cheering each other on. That's what we really need to be doing in nursing. And there's certainly more than enough room for more nurse entrepreneurs, more nurse influencers, more nurse thought leaders. Like I'm really about supporting each other and not trying to cut people down because, you know, like I want to be the only one doing a certain thing. So that's one thing I've really enjoyed about entrepreneurship is that I've seen a lot of nurses supporting each other, which is really the direction that we need to go in with nursing and not feel threatened by other people. Um, so I don't know where I was going with this question, but <laughs> I just yeah. I just love all the work you've done. And I think that what you have done is certainly something that a lot of people want to do. Um, have you noticed just being, just putting yourself out there? I know nurses have a lot of fears with doing that type of thing, like being on social media, do you think there are any downsides to putting yourself out there? Yeah, I think it's really, it's, it's tricky. We alluded to this kind of at the, at the top of the episode, but, um, you know, there is kind of this fear of perception from other people, other nurses. Um, and there's also kind of the, the concern about adhering to professional standards, um, maintaining code of conduct, you know, it, it's definitely the trickiest, I think, when you're also employed, right? Um, because when you're traditionally employed, even if it's just per diem or part-time, you're much more likely to not only be under the scrutiny of your of your leadership, but also actually have written rules that you can and cannot follow um, when it comes to your your presence online. And I, I think it's an interesting debate about whether whether those whether your outside activities should be kind of monitored or kind of policed in that way. Um I'm not entirely sure like what my stance is on that because I can really see both sides, right? We are the most trusted profession. We're kind of expected to maintain a, a certain persona, but at the same time, you know, are we really expected to be only this persona in all aspects of our life to the point where someone can have a say of of what we do at our time away from work? Um, so it's really, I think it's really a gray area, especially when you see people who are, you know, making social media content while 
on the job while on the clock or getting really close to HIPAA violations like that. I have pretty strong feelings about that. And, you know, there have been some interesting stories of, um, you know, nurses who have created TikToks that have gone viral and that have then gotten fired. And, you know, I'm not sure I disagree with that decision because of, you know, what they were doing on the time, um, on on their work time. So um, there are definitely some, some downfalls when you're employed. There's also you know, you're, you're under the scrutiny of a different lens when you choose to share things online. And it kind of opens you up to unsolicited feedback, unsolicited criticism. Um, you know, it can be tough to feel like you have privacy. Um, you know, there, people can be a little bit more demanding of your time and attention and get upset if you don't reciprocate that. You know, people can be um, disrespectful of your boundaries when it comes to your DM inbox, for example. You know, I've seen all those things happen, you know, to myself, and I've had to implement some kind of strict boundaries because otherwise it can really take a toll um, on your mental health. And I kind of have a love hate relationship with social media, to be honest. You know, if I could maintain my business and be completely off of social media, I think that I probably would be. Um, just for the protection of my time and my my sanity and all that. Um, so it's definitely, uh, it's like a be careful what you wish for type of thing. <laughs> so when nurses, I get a lot of questions from nurses who want to start a business and or who want to start some sort of platform. And I think it's important to ask yourself a lot of questions about what that means to you, what type of platform or community or brand you want to create and really understand what's involved in creating that, but then also like what's involved in maintaining that and what that means for your personal life and, and all that. So I obviously could say a lot about, a lot about the topic of social media, but I'll, I'll stop myself there. It's funny because we were actually just talking about this very topic before this podcast. And I think we're kind of feeling the same way where I can, I, I guess I would classify this as a good problem. Like we've gotten to a stage now where a lot of people are following us. We also get a lot of engagement and it's like, where do we draw the line between wanting to respond to every message and protecting our time? And I think it's just like, a lot of people want to be where we are because they're really just trying to, you know, get their foot in the door. But at the same time, how do we handle, um, you know, all the messages that we're getting, all the engagement when we can't always give back what we want to? Um, it's a challenge, but I think that certainly we wouldn't be where we are without social media. Like it's helped us for sure. Um, and it's like a double edged sword sometimes. Yeah, and I feel like the the whole idea of social media, the the fact, and we talk about this a lot, the fact that you know, um, it can be used as an engine for change, it can be used for for good. There is a lot of negativity. So, like, I mean, yeah. just over the past couple months, we've just been seeing kind of like this downward spiraling trend on on. I would say particularly on Twitter, not necessarily all the other social media platforms, but just that it almost makes us feel like, is there really any point for us to continue to engage? at the level that we are at versus peeling back and actually, you know, 
protecting our brand in, in, a, in a sense, really, and, and still kind of maintaining that connection with our communities in a different way. That's definitely something that we're both thinking of. And it's the, one of the things I kind of wanted to touch on was the, the aspect of this kind of like duality, right? So nurses are supposed to be seen as kind of like demure, quiet, all these things that we are definitely not. Um, and then again, that speaks differently with us actually showing our opinion and our voices on social media and you kind of touched on you know there's that negative side where you know your employer might want to get in where and where do those boundaries kind of reach I find that in our experience it's actually been quite positive um our employers have uh virtually kind of left us alone to our own devices but again we are we are now for for the most part self-employed but I think the other piece is just I think this is actually a really good conversation. I think that it's important for folks, particularly nurses, to actually get out there and to actually engage with other nurses in a meaningful way, in a thoughtful way, to share their opinions and their voices and and uh, to really build community. Because I feel like one of the things that nurses don't do very well is actually building really strong networks with each other. Because I feel like we can move so much different things. We can, we can work towards positive social change. We can advocate for things that we want to see better in healthcare. It's just, again, really how do we get there? And I think that, you know, some of the work that you're doing, the work that Sarah and myself are doing are really important movements. So although you might want not want to call yourself an influencer, you definitely have earned that title. <laughs> And, and one last thing I wanted to touch on is I noticed that you are a fan of true crime and we are huge into true crime. We've had a couple podcasts where we brought on someone named Bruce Sackman. He's a retired um, investigator of um, medical serial killers. So when we saw this, we're like, okay, we have to ask you about this. Um, what What is your interest in true crime? And do you have a favorite uh, true or crime story? story? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, oh man, I... I think it all started. It all started when I was a young child staying home from school and watching unsolved mysteries on yes. Light. Oh, I love right? that show. <laughs> like I think if I had to pinpoint how and why, like I just became fascinated. And and that was definitely the show that had me fascinated. And I just I love a puzzle. Um, like I love a physical jigsaw puzzle. I love you know, brain teasers and all sorts of mystery things to figure out. And so, um, you know, it, there's been multiple times where I've been at myself at a hotel, either because, you know, I'm away doing a speaking engagement or at a conference or whatever. And you would think that, you know, if I put on the TV or put on Netflix and want to watch something, it would be, you know, like a lighthearted rom-com. But I always find myself in a true crime documentary, <laughs> like inevitably. Um uh, I I really love all the medical true crime stories. So, um, and like the podcasts really are probably where I started, like with um, Dr. Death and gosh, what am I um, trying to think of? What's the one with the, this was just a Netflix. Rating. Oh, the good, the the good, good nurse? nurse. Say it again. The, the good, good nurse. nurse. Yeah, the 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 nurse who used the insulin. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, and I had been vaguely aware of that one because I'm pretty sure that that case is the reason why when I became an RN in New Jersey, I had to get fingerprinted. Oh, um, oh we damn. don't have that. Took place, <laughs> that was like a New Jersey case. Um, and that was the first state. I've been licensed in like five or six states. Um, 
And that was, that's been the only state where I had to show up in person and get fingerprinted. And I was like, this is kind of bizarre. And I, I looked into why and, and my sources brought me to that, um, to that case. Um, but yeah, I, I just, that's always what I find myself drawn to. And I like fictional crime too. You know, I'm reading a novel right now and, um, it's, you know, about a whodunit kind of murder situation. Um, so I don't know if it's just, you know, I, I like dark and twisty things or what, but, um, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't get away from it. And it, it's all but good. But then again, I also really loved trauma life in the ER. Yes, on it was very good. Too, yeah. When I was a kid, like when I was way too young to be watching that type of thing, I was watching, you know, real life medical disaster shows as well. So I think I've just always been drawn to disaster and <laughs> kind of the stories that come out of it. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, you your background was an ER nurse, so I guess it makes true. sense, right? And I mean, I have a huge passion for horror movies and true crime too. So it's fine. It's it's all good. You know, we have our we have our likes and whatever. So it's 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 really cool. But I have to recommend you have to see Love and Death. It's on Netflix. That one's really good too. Okay. okay. I'm writing it down. Right add now. that one into your yes, add that one too, Sarah. Okay. All Love right. and Death. Love and Death. Yes, Got so it. So that was a really good true crime. I feel like a lot of nurses are just into true crime. I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if I can explain it. We just love it because like for me, right? It's almost like this is something I would never really see in my line of work because my background is maternal child nursing. So I feel like it's me just sort of like, I'm really into the whole medical aspect of it. Like the DNA part, like how do they figure out like how long they've been dead based on like, you know, how long, you know, the types of bugs on the body. So I, I like all that. It's almost like living out of fantasy because it's something I would never actually do. But because of the medical aspect, I'm really drawn to it. And also the psychological aspect of, you know, why did they do what they did? And sometimes there is no reason, but I just like thinking about that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm sure I we agree. could. Medical <laughs> forensics is really, is really uh, fascinating. And actually something that I've been able to do um, as kind of a byproduct of my interest, but also because of my medical background is I'm a certified sexual assault nurse examiner. Um, so that was kind of an interesting way to kind of marry those two interests of forensics and also nursing. So, you know, collecting a kit appropriately and kind of learning the chain of command and all that was really um, interesting to me. And it's also, you know, an important service to be able to provide. Amazing. So I think we've gotten a bit off topic here, but I really enjoyed this sidebar. Um, I'm just wondering, is there anything else you wanted to go back to or anything else you wanted to share about yourself that we didn't get to? No, I wouldn't say um, about myself, but maybe just kind of a message of encouragement to anyone who's listening who has a big idea that maybe seems like too big to speak out loud. I think that probably, you know, maybe you both can relate, but for me, all of my great ideas that have turned out to be, um, successful. And even, even those that haven't started with an idea that I was afraid to speak out loud because it just seemed so impossible or so unattainable. And, you know, if you think about every wonderful innovation or story or anything, that's ever existed started off as someone's idea that they got the courage to say out loud. Um, and I really believe that nurses are in the perfect place to 
have the knowledge, the creativity, the skill set to bring so many great ideas to reality. So whether it's starting a podcast or inventing a medical device or being an influencer, whatever it is, I just want to encourage people that, you know, we are doing this so that you can do what you want to do too. Um, and just want to, you know, speak a little encouragement to people who may need it. And also, and where can people find you? Ah, you can find me um, online. My website is theresumerx.com. I'm on Instagram at theresumerx. That's my primary social place. Um, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. So if you search my name, Amanda Guarnieri, or just search the Resume RX, you'll find my business page and my personal page on there as well. I am not really on Twitter, um, but hearing that you guys are, maybe I'll take a peek and see if I want to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on the Green Nurse Podcast. We really enjoyed this conversation with you today. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you. 